Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. For me, I want to read something to you that um, it's a statement from Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's ice cream company. They made some crazy shoes. Ben and Jerry's? Oh, the Nikes, the the Chunky Monkey SBs. Pretty fucking dope. Okay, here's the statement. I want to I want to get your uh, want to get your thoughts. Who's this from? Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream Company. The murder of George Floyd was the result of inhumane police brutality that is perpetrated by a culture of white supremacy. What happened to George Floyd was not the result of a bad apple. It was the predictable consequence of a racist and prejudiced system and culture that has treated black bodies as the enemy from the beginning. What happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis is the fruit born of toxic seeds planted on the shores of our country in Jamestown in 1916 when the first enslaved men and women arrived to this continent. Floyd is the latest in a long list of names that stretch back to the time of that shore. Some of those names we know Ahmaud Albrary, Breonna Taylor, Oscar Grant, Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Emmett Till, Martin Luther King, and then most we don't. I mean, that's not Give mincing me. very many words, is it? That's <laughs> that comes from a brand that we know is a real lighthearted brand. It's an ice cream company, for Christ's sakes. They have ice cream flavors like Chunky Monkey and Cherry Garcia. But to, they tweeted this out in response to what's going on. In the, How does that make you feel? It makes me feel like they understand. They get it. They are like, we've had enough of this shit. On this episode of Baseline, I'm talking with Scott Kaufman. He's an LA native. He's an irritated Buddha. He's my friend. And we discuss issues like racism, the NCAA, and should it play players. And also, we're going to introduce a new term called ego death. Um, sit back, throw on some headphones, and take the ride with us. This is Baseline. I'm your host, Parday. Let's get into it. Have you seen this thing where you can read an article and it'll like transpose it to you like it's an audible? No. Yeah, dude. I was it an it. app? So I, we were talking about Rex Chapman. Yeah, yeah. So I looked up a I looked up a um, article that he wrote yesterday about what's going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it said it said at the top of the article, "Do you want this to read it to you?" Oh wow! Yeah, I yeah. love that. It's genius. But let's talk about Rex Chapman. The University of Kentucky guard, Rexington, from the 90s. I mean, this kid has resurrected his career on social media. He's a social media influencer now. And it all started with one phrase, block a charge. And people went wild. Um, So you can, you know, there's an old phrase that once you've gained success, once you've been rich, once you've been at the top, you can easily get back there again. And he has. He succeeded and reinventing himself and as far as social media other than hip-hop 
it's the one thing that has literally erased racism and brought us all together as one people. And social media has helped shine spotlight on injustices like Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, and George Floyd, who as of today, we're still protesting his death um, by the suffocation of four white police officers. Um, we also have tanks rolling through Hollywood, California today. We've, really? Yeah. There, uh, there is a whole posse of tanks. Uh, the sitting president of the United States of America yesterday... Um, there was a protest outside of the White House, and the leader of the free world turned out the lights like it was Halloween, and he didn't want to give any candy to the kids. <laughs> this is our, this is who's leading the country right now. Yeah, so it's a you know, was it the emperor has no clothes? It's a it's a it's the typical bully. It's the typical bully in that it's hollow inside. There's no, there's, you know, somebody else has to always fight the fight for him. And when it comes to his door, he runs and hides. It's, it's, it's typical bully behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, clearly, he has uh, personality disorder or disorders. Definitely, he's a, he's a malignant narcissist. There's no, there's yeah. no, I don't think there's a professional I've ever spoken to, and I, I speak to, to a lot, who would not diagnose him as a, as a narcissistic personality. This is why he and Kanye get along so well. Sure. I mean, Kanye, Kanye is, is insanely narcissistic, and there's something about our culture that really rewards narcissism, because, mm -hmm. there's a, because it's, it's, it's uh, in a lot of cases, from what I've seen, uh, it's it's misconstrued as confidence. That, it just shows you how many people don't have that confidence. They are, that's why self-help books and groups and things are so popular. Oh, I thought of a fucking genius idea yesterday. Tell me. So I was playing golf yesterday. Okay. And I thought of a television show, and I think that you and I should put it together. Let's see. Right? Okay. So the one sport that you can kind of get away with right now is golf. Mm -hmm. And, you know, golf has a very niche market. Except for when it's like the big boys. Sure. It's Tiger and Phil and, and Rory. Rory, and, yeah. And, and even like Dustin because you're like, I could definitely be out drunk <laughs> with that guy. Um, dude, here's the show. Ready? Give it. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a, remember they used to do like a skills challenge yeah, with, yeah. with football? Yeah. Okay. The show's called Call Your Shot. And you got the top guy with another guy and they got to like do these crazy trick shots for like stupid amounts of money that go to charity. It's like a skins game, but it's like a skill skin game. But you got to like, I'm going to hit a, you know, 150 yard pitching high, wedge. high hook yeah. right, pitching and you got to pull it off or I'm going to, or I'm going to double hit this thing and click it behind my legs and I got to land it on the screen and it's for $500,000, like a shit ton of money. That's fun. Sponsors I like that. Are all over that. I like that. I, I like it. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant. So, so to all of our uh, golf listeners, and, Let's and, it's do all, it. and if you look at like the internet, it's flooded with these trick shotters. So you get you get those guys, you the get top Tiger guys. Woods, and then you get a trick shot guy who all he does is trick shots. And let's get and out. Let's of go. Here. Let's go. I love it. That's a brilliant show. I like that. I think the listeners would like that. 
send me an email if you're interested in seeing that show happen. And uh, the more people that, that send in uh, responses in favor of it, we'll make it happen. Straight up. Hit me up at parday at believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitter at PB underscore baseline. All right. Uh, again, I'm here with Scott Kaufman, one of LA's finest gentlemen. He's a, uh, he's, I don't know, he's all, he's worldly. He's, he's the guy. He's an amazing artist. He's an amazing person. Uh, does some, he hosts his own podcast. Scott, what's the name of the podcast? We're calling it the Irritate Buddha. That's the working title. That's the working title right now because I'm irritated as fuck, <laughs> but, but I also, whoop, but I also, uh, I don't know. I have. I, I like to have interesting conversations, and I and I really I feel like I can cut through some bullshit. Uh, but I'm one of the most irritable people I've ever. Uh, and it starts with people chewing crunchy food in a room with me. I can't do it. So that's so where it started. We had to put the Captain Crunch on hold for today. For so. today, Captain um, Crunch milk is good. Oh my god, so good. It's not as good as as uh, cinnamon toast crunch milk. Oh. I haven't, I'm not up on Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> Sounds straight up like the breakfast of champions, baby. So I thought it's interesting that we've always had all these athletes to stand up and be vocal about shit that's happening in our society. I mean, I think for, you know, you and I who come from a, a certain generation, you know, we probably go back to like, Oh, you know, um, Carlos Smith and, you know, uh, the black 1968 black fist in the air at the Olympics. But then you go to like Ali, uh, you know, standing up for his uh, because he didn't want to participate in the Vietnam War. Uh, famous line there is no Viet Cong ever called me a nigga. Uh, we go to we go to Billie Jean King in the Battle of the Sexes. Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe. Right. Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino, who can forget that? It's famous in the women's soccer, right? Uh, you know, it's a it's a great visual, it's a great story, and then you get to something like Colin Kaepernick, who kneeled down because of injustice. He didn't want to. He didn't. He wanted to call attention to the injustice that were happening to black people across America. Uh, they were, you know, this dying at the hands of officers that are, you know, all the injustice that was happening. And the world flipped out. He ended up losing his career because he took a knee, not a stance, but he took a knee. And it's, the irony is, five years later, an officer put his knee in the neck of a black man and suffocated him. And now the entire world is talking about Black Lives Matter. I, 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 that's one of the ironies. There's a, a lot of ironies there. So the, the initial irony is that people used to take a knee for the, for the national anthem. That was what they did. And then that changed. So it started out with a knee down. Right. So that's an interesting take. Um, 
Kaepernick was calling attention. First of all, the shut up and dribble thing is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life because the any athlete, from my perspective, any athlete that has focused hard enough and worked hard enough to get to a professional level, and I'm not even talking about athletes. I'm talking about anybody that becomes a professional and anything that, that makes it on to, let's call it network, to, to mainstream entertainment. So mm-hmm. this is, you be, when you're a professional athlete on that level, you're an entertainer. Sure. And if you have worked hard enough and focused hard enough to get there, there's something about you that's a winner. Oh, you're, yeah, you're a magnet for attention. People look at you on a whole nother plat- level, right? But I'm just saying the quality of your character. In order to is in order to get to that level, you are entitled to have a take because you know what it takes. But you know that was one of the things about Mike that people were saying. I don't, you know, Same what with is Tiger? Yeah, I, and and some people appreciate that about an athlete that doesn't have an opinion or a take on things. I think LeBron James is amazing because he has a take, and even if he gets it wrong, he's like, you know what? Let me go back because I don't know everything it is about China. Let me go back and, you know, let me take myself out of this position uh, and learn some more about it before I commit any more errors in doing this. But I think today's, I look at the youth today and they're amazing with how they are so comfortable in front of a camera, um, doing all the videos and things like that, they're able to speak and talk to all the a lot of issues better than my generation, better than the generations before them. So when it comes to Black Lives Matter, I just wanted to share the talking points and what they're calling for. Um, we demand the acknowledgement and accountability for the devaluation and the dehumanization of black life at the hands of the police. They want to hashtag defund the police. We call for radical, sustainable solutions that affirm the prosperity of black lives. We call for an end to the systematic racism that allows for this culture of corruption to go unchecked and our lives to be taken. We call for the national defunding of the police. Right now, there's a bunch of bills to kind of increase the paramilitary activity of the police. They want to become a, a military in your state or in your city. They want to, like, eliminate that. Yeah, and even Garcetti right now, Mayor Garcetti for Los Angeles, has a bill, which is why people were protesting at his house. He was trying to push 54% of the budget to go towards the police. 54% of the total budget? Of the total budget. How much money does a police officer... What's the average income of a police officer? Average... Let's see. Average salary of police officers. Of law enforcement, uh, between fifty-five thousand to a hundred thousand dollars is their average salary. All right, so so here's a quick take. How? What if they? What if they made it harder to become a cop? Raised the salary of a cop from fifty thousand to a hundred and fifty thousand. So anybody who who wanted to become a cop had to really want it. Like I'm talking, make that shit hard mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to become. There's no riffraff at 150 grand. 
and, and then you don't have to pay for for paramilitary uh, equipment because you're going to have people that are more qualified to do the job. Dude, this is state of the art shit. I don't I fuck use, around. I use like a fucking, I use a, a MacBook Air, but it's like an old one. Yeah. That I bought for like three hundred bucks. It works great. I don't need. Are we recording? Yep. Good. I don't need like some state of the art shit because like I I'm probably the least tech savvy person ever. It's really weird. Like, Which is odd because you seem like such a dude that would have all the gadgets and gizmos and like... Oh, no, you I drive have them all. And you work for Audi. I think of Audi as it's a brand that to me says technology affluent guy. And because that's a brand that you kind of know and mastered, mm-hmm. I seem like you would have an affinity for all those things. So that's, I think what, what made me so successful is that I don't get caught up in that mm-hmm. and, and I speak gen pop to people about shit that's really complicated. So gen pop meaning general population, mm-hmm. like I distill it down to something that people can understand as opposed to, you know, when you walk into the into an Apple store and you get somebody and you say, is this a good computer for me? And then they go and spout off the, all the metrics and the, all the processors and all the yeah. shit. And then, you know, it's like a 50 year old woman is looking at the, at the guy at the geek squad, like, Hey, over here, does it work well? Right. Okay. I'll take it. Right. Like I go into, I go into more of like, look, I'm not going to tell you, you, if you're that guy, you know more than me. If you're here to prove to me that you know more than me, cool, you win. Right. Here's the thing. Okay, so this is interesting because you're talking about speak for the common man. Sure. Okay. That's one of the, and I'm not sure if you know this, but this is one of the talking points of Make America Great Again. Because I actually have a, I actually have a take on this. They, um, they believe that it was a, so it was a movement of plain people, a return to of power to the everyday, not overly intellectual and average. That so, was their thing. That's an interesting thing, and and I'll tell you, you know, we were talking the other day, and I was saying that the left tend to come off as, what did I say, self righteous pussies. A bunch of self-righteous little bitches is the quote. Self-righteous little bitch. So here's the here's the thing. When people try to sound smart, mm-hmm. and and there's a weird thing in the ego that people like to use the biggest word to tell the smallest story. When people try to sound smart, they alienate a certain part of the population who can't keep up. And so there's a tiny bit of fuck you from all those people always. So if you listen to to certain news organizations, they like to use really big words. Mm -hmm. And it's like if you're 12 and you're talking to an adult who's who's an astrophysicist and they're using big words, it makes you feel stupid. Okay. And if people feel stupid, they're angry. And enough people get angry and you get a herd mentality. And when somebody flies in like MAGA... And says, I'm your savior. I can speak a language that you know how to hear. Yeah. I speak WWE. 
I speak, you know, wh- whatever, whatever they're, they resonate with. So using the word deplorables, it was that kind of affluent, above-the-curve talk. Self-righteous little bitches. That talk turned that turned that group off turned middle america off it's it it goes to it goes to a little bit of of the systemic racism that we're dealing with now uh but it's targeted to a different group if black people weren't who it was aimed at Mm -hmm. i can promise you the next in line is the unsophisticated white man oh absolutely i mean you got to think about during the um the split from Britain, that's what it was. It was literally your extremely wealthy George Washington and Ben Franklin and that group. Um, they were breaking away from the royals. They were pissed off. They weren't born into they weren't born into royalty. So it was another hierarchy. It was the super rich American, the doctor, lawyer, middle class, if you want to call them that the poor white man who basically had to compete for work against the free indentured servant slave black man. I mean, for black people, we got, we've been caught in a trap, man. We have been fighting for the right to live. That's it. There was, we weren't going to get ahead. It was, the game wasn't rigged for us. Right. So at the if we fought for Britain, we were still second-class citizens. We fought for America, we were slaves. We was, you know, we were not getting ahead. So um, we've always been the lotus of the totem pole. We don't really have a homeland. We got no security blanket. We're caught in a trap. It's similar to choosing the next president. Either side ain't good. It's really just the lesser of two evils. And for what? What's the equity and equality here? What's the other side of this story? Black Americans have never had a piece of anything of their own. 40 acres and a mule. That lasted all of like a week. Literally, it was like Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. He got assassinated the next week. The person who was coming in after him was like, fuck that. He got impeached. So white people said, we value property over everything. We're not going to take anybody's property, although they took all the property from the native people at this, in this well, sure. country. They just valued it more. They've, well, what is, so what's the value of equality? What's the equity in equality? Okay, so I need that. I need that explained to me like I'm a six-year-old so that I can answer it the right way. Okay, what's... When do we start valuing our differences and get past uh, skin complexion? When? When. Or how? Like, right now, we're talking about, you know, the, the whole Black Lives Matter is black lives are not valued and appreciated. You can get shot dead, and you will not face any punishment. You will not look bad. You can be Gucci and do some racist shit, like put big lips on a product, turn around, say, I apologize, and then sell a million dollars worth of inventory. Yeah, I've always thought that was super interesting. That's a really good point. And, and you know who does that a lot is big tech. 
Big Tech will do some shit that's like clearly out of bounds, mm-hmm. and they'll get fined like ten million dollars, but they'll have made like a billion dollars off of it. Yeah. So, like, like what? what's the incentive not to be an asshole? I I think it's a first of all, I think it's a brilliant marketing strategy. If you're not gonna get dinged, then people are just gonna forget about it in a week later, mm-hmm. and you all you have to do is say I'm sorry. But then your awareness goes sky high. I do it every time. So the question, I guess the question really is, who is holding people to account? Who's, who is playing the game on their honor? Mm-hmm. Right? Because life is a game of, of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, go, it goes to, I mean the president cheats at golf and like that's the ultimate in your honor uh things you know and and when and when leadership is is playing the game of deception of 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 uh look over here so you don't see what we're doing over here uh it's tricky it's 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 really tricky i i don't Wait, think go ahead. let's go back to the president cheating at golf didn't he beat tiger woods it's the same as the guy from Korea that shot a fucking he shot eighteen under par. No, I think he might have shot an eighteen. Kim Jong Kim Jong Un. He got a hole in one on every hole. Dude, yeah. Gangster. Gangsta. The Dalai Lama himself, the twelfth son of the Lama, the flowing robes, the grace, bald, striking. So I'm on a first tee. What am I giving the driver? He hauls off and whacks one. Big hitter, the Lama. Long, into a 10,000-foot crevice right at the base of this glacier. Do you know what the Lama says? No. Gunga Galunga. Yo, what's up, L.A.? This is Baseline, L.A.'s number one podcast for prep sports and all things L.A. I'm your host, Parday. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with a friend. And stay in tune and stay in touch for all things LA. You can reach me at PB underscore baseline on Twitter. B-L-E-A-V dot com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.